Thanks for checking out the Refuge Official Podcast. Wherever you're from, we hope that this message will encourage you and help you grow in your relationship with God. Now, here is one of our leaders, Sam Kayhart. God is powerful. God is mighty. And He is in this place. And whether you feel Him or don't feel Him, He is here. And when you acknowledge Him, you'll start feeling Him. When you start calling out His name, you'll start understanding that He has showed up. When you start praising Him, you're going you're gonna to be able to feel Him on a whole new level. Because we got to get out of ourselves and get into God. Because as long as we're in ourselves, we will never feel Him. It's a choice. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I came prepared and ready today. I hope you're ready. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, he is good, and he is going to meet us here today. I believe deliverances and healings are coming at the midst of God's people, and as soon as we start calling them out, they will start showing up. But as long as we're sitting in our seat and waiting for God to show up, he's going to be waiting on us. Because what? He came. He died on the cross. He already gave us salvation. He already came and did what he was going to do. When are we going to start moving for him? When are we going to start moving for him? Hallelujah. All right, before I get too off on that, welcome to Refuge Church. Oh, I'm ready to burst into the new year, guys. We got to leave what, we got to leave what's behind us and look forward to what's in front of us. Because as long as we're living in yesterday, we'll never be able to experience today. Ever. We got to look ahead. We got to reach out. And we got to start declaring Oh, what our lives are going to be. Because God gave us authority and power in the words. Power and authority resides at the cross. In Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 1.18, it says that the, the power of the cross to the saved is power. But to those that are not being saved, that are perishing, it's foolishness. Are you looking at the cross today and saying that's the foolishness of God? Who would die for a people that is slaying him and nailing nails in his hands? Who would do that? I'm telling you right now, that's the love of God. He would do that because you're worth something. You're not dead. You're not in depression. You're not saying, oh, my life is worth nothing. I can't do anything, so I'm going to kill myself. This is where we're at in America today. We're sitting down and we're saying, the world is telling me I'm this. They're lying to me. They're telling me I'm this. I'm fat. I'm ugly. I can't do it. I suck at my job. I can't seem to get any kind of money. I can't pay for anything. I don't have a car. I have to get a ride. I have to do this. I have to do that. There's nothing that is easy in my life. And you're saying, it's not worth it. Why am I living? And you say, I'm going to take my life. You're robbing God. Because he put something in you. He put something in you. Are you going to keep it for yourself or are you going to give it to somebody else? There's life in you. Don't rob God. Don't rob yourself. He's got a purpose for you. He's got a purpose for your being. He's brought you here for a reason. For a reason. Don't get caught up in who you think you are. Get caught up in what he says you are. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Well, welcome again. Pastor Matt and Pastor Deb greet you guys. They're, they'll be on their way back this afternoon. They love you so much. Talking to Pastor Matt yesterday, he's like, you know, down here, the white Christmas, the only thing you get is a white beach. He's like, it's just not the same. When you go outside in a T-shirt and shorts on and there's Christmas decorations everywhere, you're just like, what? What is this? The reality of where you came from at that point starts to speak to you, right? It says, oh, Wow. 
yeah, I guess uh, maybe I'm a little sheltered or cultured in the snow realm, right? What does Christmas look like in heaven? There's probably no trees. Probably no lights because there's only one light. Oh, hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Well, we're going to end a series this morning that we've been doing all month long called His Name. We have spoken on things out of Isaiah 9, 6. We'll get to that in a minute. But things, we're spoken about his name. Wonderful counselor. Pastor Matt talked about wonderful counselor and what that means, that it's an incomprehensible God. Wonderful in that, in the, in the Hebrew, means incomprehensible. It means we can't understand. We can't wrap our minds around. That's why there's so many names of God, because we can't, we can't give the attributes and the essence and the presence of God in one certain name. All we can do is describe just a facet of who he is. Let's pray. Dear and Father, Lord, I just thank you for what you're here to do today. I thank you for the power of your word, for the power of your blessing, for the power of the cross. Lord, that you shed your blood and you called each and every one of us, sons and daughters. We are rightful heirs to the throne of God because of you, Father Jesus. You, you gave us substitution. You traded with us your life of purity for our life of disgrace and sin. Father God, Lord, you came and you gave us victory. And we give you glory in this place and, and power in this place. Lord, come and move. Lord, flow between the chairs, between the fingertips, between every follicle of hair. Father God, Lord, I pray that your presence and your glory would be a revelation to each person in here, that they would feel you like they've never felt you before. Father God, Lord, we cast down every scheme in the enemy. We arrested by divine authority right now that every curse and every lie and every spell that has been put out by the enemy shall not stand. We give the devil 30 seconds to get out of this room because the power of God is here and moving in Jesus' name. And they all said, amen. Hallelujah. All right, we're going to go to Isaiah 9, 6. This has been our theme verse, and it's a prophecy verse spoken by the prophet Isaiah. This is before Jesus came to earth and was born. Isaiah 9, 6 says, For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. Isaiah gives an account of the coming Messiah. And he, he shows us certain attributes through names. Pastor Matt talked about the incomprehensible, wonderful counselor. Andrew Haas talked about the mighty God, the dunamis, the power of God, that the power of God is so incomprehensible and ununderstandable that we don't understand the authority and the power that we have and that spoken word and the ability that it gives us in the midst of trial and tribulation that we stand on a foundation that has more power than this earth could ever handle. Pastor Matt talked about last week, the everlasting Father, the love of the Father, everlasting, eternal Father. He does not end. He, he has no beginning and no end. He is the first and the last because he has the first word and the last word. And that is true in your life and that is true in everything that we do. Are you going to receive the first and the last word? Are you going to let him define who you are through the love that he has shown you because he is eternal? You either choose to eternally love him or spend life in eternity in the depths of hell in the fiery pit. He's the everlasting father. And finally, today we get to talk about the prince of peace. 
the prince of peace. If he's a prince, we know there's a king. A prince is a son of God. It's exclaimed all throughout the scriptures. He's a son of God. He's a rightful heir to the throne of God, which means that if he's the prince of peace, God is the king of peace. And the king of peace is giving the rightful heir of the throne to the prince. And the prince is coming. And he says, for unto us a child is born. How can so much goodness reside in such a small package? How can we comprehend that kind of love and that kind of power and that kind of comfort and that kind of completeness and that kind of glory in such a small package, something that is dependent on us, something that cries in the night because he's hungry, is upset because he just soiled himself and he can't tend to what he's doing. He's completely dependent on us. And the stewardship of the Savior of the earth is put in the hands of the man that threw it all away in the beginning. Hallelujah. What are you doing with what God gave you? What does Mary and Joseph do with the called Messiah, the Savior? that has come to die for his people. They didn't even understand this portion at this point. But we, we, get to, we get to look back and revelate and say, the power and the might that resides in this package was put in the hands of man. God created man and his likeness is in his image. And they reflected God. They weren't even clothed and they didn't know they weren't clothed because they were reflecting the glory of God. And then they sinned in the reflection of the glory of God. They messed it up. And now God says, I'm going to give you a child and you're going to take care of this child and this child is going to be your deliverance. And we have to steward what God has given us. I thank God for Mary and Joseph. Because I'm sure it wasn't easy. I was a child once. <laughs> I know I wasn't easy. I know it. And I'm sure you weren't either. And maybe you have children and you're saying, that is a chore. If it's a chore now, when you've got a house, when you've got a crib to put them in, when you've got the ability to feed them by going into the refrigerator and grabbing a bottle, when the, when the temperatures are always the same in the house and everything is easy and pleasant, can you imagine 2,000 plus years ago, Mary coming forth on a camel, every bump she hits, she's going into labor, she can't handle it anymore. We got shocks in our cars. We don't have to ride on a camel or a donkey or whatever it was that she was riding on, but every step had to be painful. And every pain that was going through her body, she had to say, glory to God, glory to God. This is where we're going today, almighty Jesus. We're going there. We're going there because glory to God in the pain. Glory to God in the hurt. I am released in Jesus' name. This donkey, this camel does not define who I am because I am carrying the Savior of God. God has entrusted something in me. And if I don't continue to go forward, I'll end up going backward and that which is in me will die. Names carry attributes, characteristics, essences, natures. We can't describe God in one name 
because he is so incomprehensible. We tried with so many names. Andrew said over 951 names. We could probably come up with a lot more to describe the characteristics and the essences of the nature of God. I want to tell you this morning that each and every one of you carries a name. They all have names. They all have different meanings. But I also want to tell you that you don't just carry a name, but you carry the characteristics, the essence, and the nature of God. He has put them inside of us. Just like the names of God declare the essence and the nature of who God is, so we also carry the characteristics and the essence and the natures and the attributes of God, the power, and the presence. We carry those things. They are in us. Each and every one of us is a description of who God is. Now, whether you're, de you're declaring God, whether you're following God or not, it's inside of you. When you start to follow God, you start to reflect the natures and the attributes of God. It is the power that is inside of you. So your reflection is your opportunity to show people who God is. Are you reflecting the attributes and the characteristics of God, or are you reflecting your human flesh and who you are in this world? It is the power that is inside of us. It's not just a name. It's, just not, it's not just your life. It's what you carry. Created us in the image and the essence of who he was. We carry his image. We carry his essence, his natures. It's all in us. It's power. It's blessing. It's his glory, his righteousness, his mercy, his love. We choose to show it or not power of a name, the prince of peace. Peace in the Hebrew is often shalom, the word shalom. If you ever heard Jehovah shalom, it means the Lord our peace. Jehovah means the Lord, the Lord our peace. He is the foundation of our calmness, of our comfort. He is the foundation of who we are in trial and tribulation. Let's, let's take a little deeper look at this piece. Let's go to Philippians chapter 4. And let's see what Paul had to say about the peace of God. It's in there somewhere. I know I read it before. So, all right, there it is. Philippians 4. We're going to start in verse 6. We're going to go through verse 9. It says, Be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with the thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and any, anything worthy of praise dwell on these things. The things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Hallelujah. We see this picture of peace. And it doesn't start out with peace of God. It starts out with prayer and supplication and thanksgiving and making our requests be known unto God doesn't start out and say, peace of God. But see, we've got to take it into context. We could just read the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding and is there to guard our hearts and our mind. We could just read that verse, but we miss it out of the verse before it because by prayer and supplication, 
It means that we have to put something forth, that there has to be an effort. Peace is a choice. Peace is something that we choose to have, just like we choose to have Christ. We can either walk in peace or not walk in peace. It's something we choose to have. And if we choose to have peace, it tells us how we can have the peace of God. By prayer and supplication and thanksgiving of what God has done. And you get down on your knees. You humble yourself. There's power and authority at the cross, right? We have to get rid of ourselves to put on God. That means I deny the situation that I'm in, that I'm not poor because the world says I'm poor. Just because I don't have a dollar to my name doesn't mean I don't have anything. That's not who I am. That's not my identity. I get into prayer and supplication and I cry out to God and I ask for his peace. Why do we have to get into prayer and supplication? It's such a difficult thing sometimes to get a minute to pray. I can't, you say, I can't pray for more than five minutes. Well, that's a difficult place to be in. You know why you can't pray for more than five minutes? You remember the first time you talked to somebody and you couldn't talk to them for more than five minutes, but then you kept talking to them and all of a sudden you could talk to them for hours on end. You found your interest and your likes and your similarities and now all of a sudden you're best friends and you couldn't see life without them. It takes effort. you got to put it in. If you're only praying five minutes a day, I'm telling you to start praying six. If you're praying six, I'll tell you to go to seven. Start putting it down. you got to start laying the foundation. You want the peace of God? you got to put in the effort. you got to give it to get it. What happens when I pray to God, when I thank God, when I make my requests known to God? Now God is every part of the essence of my life. My focus is no longer my needs or my hurts. Or my disabilities, or my essence, and the the things that are going around me. But now it's God. Because I'm spending so much time in communication with God, He comes, He becomes every part of who I am and every part of my life. I've given it unto Him. We say the peace of God, well, I don't have peace, you know, I got this, I got this going on, but I don't hold the peace of God. Yeah, the peace of God is over me. And we say these things, but we, we don't have an understanding of these things. Prayer and supplication. we got 21 days of prayer and fasting coming up for this church. We, the reason we do 21 days of prayer and fasting in the beginning of the year is because we got to give God our first fruits, the things that come first. When you lay a foundation of prayer and fasting, that peace that you cultivate through prayer and fasting is going to run with you the rest of the year. Are you going to start out in peace or are you going to try and end in peace? It's a lot easier to start out in peace than it is to end in peace. We gotta start laying the foundation. We gotta start laying it down. And the peace of God is something that guards our hearts. It guards who we are. In Colossians 3:15, it says, Let the peace of God, the peace of Christ, rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be ye thankful. Let it rule in your hearts, the peace of God. There are three different kinds of peace that we see in the Bible. We see Paul in his letter saying, peace from God. I greet you with peace from God. He's saying that the peace from God, peace is a gift. It's given unto you. It's not something you can earn. It's not something that you can go out and work for and put the time in and become the manager of the company and make all kinds of money for the company. And then God says, well, here's peace. You've earned it. Uh Uh-uh. Peace is a gift. It's freely given. See, the thing is, is we, we think these gifts... Or something we can just go out and snatch. And they are. But only if you're walking on the right path. See, the, the, the peace of gift doesn't reside on the path to hell. The, peace of peace, <laughs> the gift of peace resides on the path with God. Because it's a gift of God. If God gave you peace because you were walking in the hell, 
What would that be? That would be an insurance of damnation. That would not be right. Peace from God. It's a gift from God. Then we see peace with God. This is foundational stuff, guys. Foundational stuff. Peace with God. You can't have the peace of God until you have peace with God. How do we get peace with God? The Bible says, i gotta, I got to read it off here in Romans 5.1, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, our belief in God, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Peace with God comes through a relationship through Jesus Christ. You say, why do I have to go through Jesus Christ to have peace with God? Because you're a sinner, and so am I. That's just the absolute truth of it. Not a one of us can stack up to become peaceful with God. The separation that happened in the garden because we sinned, we basically told God that what you told me about this tree, I don't believe it. I want to test this truth. I want to test what you have told me about this. Because I want to know for sure that you are the God and that I can't become just like you. And we go and we eat of the tree and we eat death unto ourselves. We are separated from God eternally at that point. But God had a plan and he said, I can bring you back. I can reconcile you unto myself by my son, Jesus Christ. He will live the purest life of all purest lives. And he will go on a cross and he will take your place and he will substitute your sin for his purity. So we put on his purity. And he took our sin. Now we are reconciled or brought back together with God. And now we have peace with God because now we're on the even playing field, right? Sin has been taken care of. It's no, it's no longer something we have to worry about when we believe in who God is and that he died on the cross, upon the cross and believe in our hearts and follow him. We no longer have to worry about that. We have peace with God. We're on the same level, same playing field. Before he couldn't even look at us. He couldn't look at Jesus. There was so much sin in that place. The sun hid its face for three hours because it couldn't look at Jesus. There was so much sin. The earth shook because there was so much sin in one place. I'd never seen it before. So much. Paid. Full debt. Complete. How would you feel if your debt was completely canceled? Wiped out? I bet you wouldn't deny it. I bet you wouldn't say, well, I don't need that. Would you? Why is it different with God? Why is it different with God? Why do we say I don't need a Savior? I can do this on my own. I can do all the works that I need to do. I can make it on my own. Why is it different with God? It's always different with God. It's always different with God. Because we want to choose what we want to do. It's okay for somebody to pay my debt off because I, obviously I couldn't do that. Because I don't have any money. Well, I can tell you right now, obviously, you're not the purest person in the entire world, and you can't be on the same level with God. It's pretty obvious. You lied. I get all, every one of you, you might be the purest person in this place, but I get every one of you on a lie. Every one of you. Because that's the nature of who we are. When you were a kid, you lied. And I guarantee you still lie. Because I still lie. And by God Almighty, I am working on it. I am working on it. Jesus' name. It is peace with God that allows the peace of God to reside in our hearts. I want to read this little thing about the peace of God. This is the peace spoken of in Philippians 4. It is beyond all mind 
beyond our power of thinking. It is indescribable, incomparable, by all means, ridiculous, beyond belief and feeling. It does not hinge on expression, healing, or any type of works. It is completely dependent. It is spiritual. It says beyond all comprehension, beyond all understanding, how then can I have the peace of God? I'm telling you right, you've got to step out of yourself and step into God. Quit thinking about what's going on during the day, what people are telling you, that you're ugly, that, you're, that you don't stack up, that you can't do your job. Quit thinking about that. Quit thinking about the car that you have. Quit thinking about the place that you live in. Quit thinking about the person you married. Quit thinking about the things of your life that are tearing you down. Quit thinking about the depression, the fact that everything's been going wrong. Your car died. You can't pay the bill. You can't get it back. Quit thinking about these things because the longer you think about these things, the more they identify who you are. We have to step aside from the natural and into the supernatural and start saying, this is God, this is my life, this is what declares who I am, this is power. Paul, in the midst of persecution, he was jailed up. He was externally bound to the, to the uttermost so he couldn't even move sometimes. No matter how externally bound Paul became, he was always internally free. I would think somebody that went to all these different areas, these different regions, and preached the gospel, and now he's put in a prison cell. He started out in Jerusalem, and then they moved him to Caesarea, and then he's put on a ship and shipped off to Rome to go in another jail cell in Rome. Shipwrecked on an island. Bound by the circumstances around him, by his external circumstances. But we constantly see him walking in freedom. If I can't preach to the regions of Galatia and, and, and Ephesus, I'm going to preach to the prison guard. And then when I get the prison guard saved, he can preach to the king. And then when the king is saved, then the region will be saved. We have to be internally free. The peace of God gives us internal freedom. It doesn't declare our circumstances of where we're at or what we're doing. You want to know why depression and suicide and all these things in this world today are tearing us apart? They're tearing us apart, and we don't know what to do about it. Everywhere we look, it's all over the place, and all you can do is look at your life, and you can start being depressed. That's all you have to do. I don't care if you're the richest person in the world and you have everything you've ever wanted. You can look at what you have and still want, and depression comes in. Get out of our circumstances and step into the peace of God through prayer and supplication. Understand who God is on a spiritual level. It's beyond understanding. No wonder he gave us the gift of the Spirit because we are able to speak in words we cannot understand. It is in the understanding that he gives us peace. Beyond the understanding. He lets us to walk in ways that we cannot understand. I ain't got no money, but I always seem to make it. <laughs> Amy was just declaring, giving. Looks like I got nothing. But somehow the bills are paid. Somehow I still have a house to go home to. We look at, we look at poverty right now as something being that my fridge is empty. Oh, I'm poor. There's no money in my bank account. What a lie from the devil. There are people overseas 
that go for water every day. This is their calling. Get water. And a lot of these people start out their day getting living water from Jesus Christ and then going and getting their natural water. If you were in that situation, what would you do? We're not poor. We're rich with the mercies of God. We're rich in the graces of God. We're rich in the power of Jesus Christ. We are rich. He is the Prince of Peace. And I'm telling you today that the, the substitution that he did that I constantly talk about means he stepped into your life and gave you his. You know what that means? You're a Prince of Peace. Hallelujah. God Almighty is so good. This is how we get the peace of God. It guards our hearts and our minds. It guards your hearts and your mind. This is what you have to get into your spirit. Your situation cannot define who you are. It cannot. The devil says you're this, and you say, God says I'm this, and that's it. Period. There are no options. There are no four letters, A, B, C, or D. It's A, I am a child of God. I am an heir. I am free. A, 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 A. There's no other option. And once you get into your spirit that there is no other option, no devil from hell can do anything to you to knock you off your course. Man, God is so good. Peace comes with attributes. Attributes. Philippians 4.8 talks about the attributes of peace. It says that truth, honor, righteousness, purity, love, good report, anything excellent and worthy dwell in these things. You want peace in your life? Start dwelling on those things, those attributes. Start dwelling on truth. What's truth? It's right here. It's Jesus Christ. It's this Bible. It's everything in here. It says, this word was here to testify of me. Now, don't get it wrong. This word isn't him, but this word is here to testify of me. It tells you everything about me. Believe in the truth of me. And then when you get me in you, now you have truth in you. Truth is every part of who we have to be. Honor, righteousness, right standing with God, purity, love. If you're not living a pure life, you probably don't have any peace. You want peace? Clean it up. I mean, these things are simple. We got to walk in them. Not just read them and say, wow, that's a powerful word. We got to walk in them. This is, guys, this is preaching so hard to myself. I love it because conviction makes me grow. I need the peace just like you need the peace. I get in my car every day and go to work. And if I don't have the peace of God, there's no way I'm going to go to work and do the job that I do. But it's the peace of God that gives me the ability to do that. I got people all around me telling me, your work ain't good enough. That weld isn't good enough. You can't build this good enough. You need to do this instead of that. Constantly trying to define who I am. And if I'm not walking in the name of Jesus Christ, I will let those definitions become my reality. And then what happens? Now I've become a lie. Truth is nowhere to be found. 
What you dwell and focus on is going to be your reality. Are you dwelling and focusing on God, or are you dwelling and focusing on those things around you and what people say? That's going to be your reality. Jesus came to give us his peace. In 2 Thessalonians 3.16, it says, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times in every way. The Lord be with you all. He gives you peace. He gives you freedom. He gives you peace. He is the son of God. He resides as the prince of peace. There is weight to his name. So I'm going to tell you right now that his name is not just the Prince of Peace. The greatest name we see of all the Bible is Jesus Christ. Jesus. In Luke chapter 12, verse 21, it says, And when eight days had passed before his circumcision, his name was then called Jesus the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. God knew you before you were conceived in the womb. He knew Jesus before he was conceived in the womb. The name was given Jesus. What does Jesus mean? It means Jehovah is salvation. It means I am saved because he brought the salvation. The Lord is salvation. Jesus is our savior. He is the foundation of peace. He is everything you need. To walk out of the lies that are in your life. To walk out of the identity of what you grew up as. And to walk into the reality that you are an heir, a son and a daughter of the Most High God. And He has a place for you. He has a calling for you. You are in that workplace for a reason. Somebody needs to hear and see God. You are the representation of God. In 1 Corinthians, the end of chapter 5, it says that we are ambassadors. We are representatives of God. We are to reflect God. He appeals through us. He appeals through us. So what we have to be is the most transparent picture of who God is. So that those that we work with can see God. Let that appeal be so transparent. That they're like, what do you got? Why are you smiling? You had to get bus fare to get here this morning. You had to walk. I had a college student one time. Our young adult services, which are coming up next weekend, plug, I guess. He walked from the campus. He didn't have a ride. He walked from the campus all the way to here to be here and meet with God. What are you willing to do to meet with God? We have to be able to meet with Him. Nothing stop you. He is given the name above every other name. In Philippians 2.9 it says, for this reason also God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name. What does that mean? I mean there's no name so powerful, so comprehensible, so loving. It's all the attributes of everything Isaiah talks about. Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. That name, Jesus, holds all those attributes. It is the name above every other name. We can't describe him. We can't, we can't put any kind of words to who he really is. Why? Because we can't think on that level. His ways are not our ways. 
We can't think on that level. But I'm here to tell you today that you can get to that level through his name, Jesus Christ. The authority is there. And we step out of who we are and into who he says we are. And then we be, get into the ununderstandable things of God. And peace becomes who we are. Peace resides in us. It becomes our identity. It becomes what we need to be. It's everything that is inside of us. So this world, what's going on around us, it, it can't can't define us we have such a fear of man cast out that spirit of the fear of man and take on the fear of God man can only kill the body that's it they got one option one option that's it once they kill you that's it. they're out God can send your soul to the depths of hell. You think it's hell now? You think it's hell now? God will show you what hell is. You think you can take the shore way out and all things will be good? God's going to show you what it's really like. Man, I don't like to preach this kind of conviction, but I love to preach this kind of conviction. Because it changes who you are. It changed me. I walked in the ways of my flesh. I did the things I wanted to do. And all I saw was corruption around me. Yeah, I had fun. But when the fun ended, guess what? All the deceptions and the depression in the world were still there weighing on me. The weight never went away. And all I did was add to it. Oh, I'm having fun. I can't imagine if my life would have ended in some kind of weird accident, whether it be some kind of drinking while I was driving or whatever. And I would go from living a depressed life into living into depressed eternity. I can't wrap my mind around that. I just thank Jesus that I'm saved. And I don't dwell on the past, but I look to the future. God's calling you this morning and he wants you to have peace. Depression is all around you and it's trying to tell you who you are. This world is all around you and it's lying to you and it's lifting you up so it can tear you down. The only way you can have peace of God is to get to with peace with God. So that means you need Jesus Christ. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart. I don't mean to go long, but we need to know what belief means. We need to know what it means to believe. When I believe in something, when I truly believe in something, I give myself to it. I don't just say, well, I know there's a God, I believe there's a God, and yep, I prayed the prayer, and then walk away from it. Because if you truly believe in your heart, it says believe in your heart. If you truly believe in your heart, you would go after what you believe. You would not just say, I believe it, and then walk away from it. There has to be action. Prayer and supplication. Are you going to leave this year and enter next year like you left this year? I'm not. No way. 
this year was great, but next year's going to be way better. Because we're a whole year closer to God coming. We're a whole year closer to the kingdom of glory residing on this earth, to the new creation. Leave this year behind and start heading in the next year with power, with an identity that says who you are, with truth, with honor, with righteousness, with purity. Because he wants you to do that. And your life will never be the same. Ever. I used to watch football games and yell at the TV, and now I don't watch any TV at all, and I yell at you guys. <laughs> Jesus' name. Focus change, eh? I want you to know I'm yelling at me too. Hallelujah. I'm going to give you an opportunity to get to peace with God. And I also want to give you an opportunity to start reaching out to God to have the peace of God. And I talk about stepping out of yourself, stepping out of, of where you're at and your desires and what this world tells you. And I want to challenge you to step out of your seat as just a testimony stepping out of what the world says about you. Okay? Just a moment, I want to give you an option to become peaceful with God. It means I'm going to give you an option to pray a prayer that says Jesus Christ is the Lord over your life, that he has died for your sin, that he has released you from all condemnation, that you are a free person. You are free indeed. The truth has set us free, free indeed. I preach it every time, almost every time I get to say a word. Galatians 5, it says it was for freedom that he set us free. For freedom he set us free. I give you the option to declare freedom in your life through Jesus Christ. To take on his identity and put off yours. And start walking in truth. And then after that, I'm going to talk a little bit about the end of your offering. And then when we enter into worship, I'm going to challenge you. To step out of your seat pursue the peace of God because we have to step out of our identity and where we are and step into the things we don't understand and start to have a revelation of who he really is in our life every eye closed I just want to pray and I'm going to give you those of you that want to step into the peace of God peace with God, you want to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior for the very first time, I want you to repeat after me, and I want, if you, we usually do it as a congregation, if you feel led to, just repeat after me and join your faith in agreement to those that are saying this for the first time, so just follow along with me, dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your Son. I choose right now to believe in Jesus Christ. To believe that you died for my sins. Believe that you rose again the third day. To believe that you have given me rightful heir. 
to the throne of God. Come into my heart and change this broken life. I accept your complete life. Move in me right now. In Jesus' name. And they all said, amen. Hallelujah. Let's give God an applause today. He is so amazing. He is driving out descriptions, lies, tearing down walls, breaking chains. He is releasing people in this room for the first time, whether you've been following God for your entire life or you're following God for 30 seconds now. You are free. Declare it. Walk in it. You are free. The Bible says that when somebody comes to Christ, that the angels roar. I don't know about you, but myriads, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of angels roaring. We make a lot of noise here, but can you imagine the roaring in heaven right now? Woo! Almighty God. Hallelujah. He is good. Those of you who have made that decision today to step out and get your peace with God, I'm going to challenge you to step out of your seat as well and find some peace of God. He's got. Don't live in who you used to be. Live in what God called you. At Refuge, we believe all people matter to God. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to connect further with Refuge, feel free to go online to wearerefuge.net or on social media at wearerefuge.net.